الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدي أنهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصيفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم so the next um, section, the next principle, so we're on the third principle of Imam Ghazali's <coughs> um, adapted summary of Ihya Ardumuddin, the 40 principles of religion. We've been covering, we're covering the praise, sorry, the blameworthy traits. So we, we bypassed the first one, which was gluttony. The second, which was, who remembers? Excessive speech. Excessive speech. Um, and then the third one today, inshallah, is covering anger. Anger. So um, he says, Rahim, Know that anger is a flame taken from Allah's blazing fire that rises over the hearts. So the first thing to understand is that it is linked to the blazing fire of Allah, which is Jahannam. Whoever it overcomes has adopted the stock of shaitan, for indeed he is a creature made of fire. So when we, uh, especially uncontrollably, exhibit or display anger, then we are taking from Allah Ta'ala's Jahannam, and we are directly connecting with Shaitan, who comes, who is made from, from fire. Breaking extreme anger is one of the most important matters of the religion. The Prophet said, the fierce is not the one who can wrestle, the fierce is the one who controls himself when angered. This is a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, it's narrated in the books of Imam Bukhari and Muslim. He says, "Laysa shadidu bisurati." The fierce one, the one who's strong, uh, is is not the one who can uh, knock the other person down. We attribute strength to our physical size. We attribute strength to our from to our ability to. Uh, physically overcome someone else or something else, right? Be it a human being, an animal. This is what we show. This is what we think of when we think of strength. <laughs> but the Prophet also is saying that's not what strength is. That's not what fierceness is. <laughs> strength is actually, or fierceness is the ability to overtake your anger. It's to control your emotion. Uh, uh, to over, sorry, to take over your nafs, to have control over your nafs. Uh, during a state of anger. So there's a lot you can learn from this simple statement. Number one, that we have this nafs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us with uh, a body and a soul, and the, at the core of the body is the nafs. And you can think of the nafs as sort of these animalistic desires that we have, especially when they're not in control. So, for instance, excessive speech is a characteristic of the nafs. Anger is a characteristic of the nafs. Gluttony, overeating, is a characteristic of the nafs. And so... Uh, it's very important to rec for us to recognize this. And Prophet is saying that the true strength is a person that's able to suppress or subdue their nafs. The Prophet said in another hadith, The one who is intelligent and wise, the one who is intelligent and wise is that person who can subdue or suppress his or her nafs. That's the, um, that's the mark of uh, intelligence. That's the mark of strength, according to this hadith. يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ عِنْدَ الْغَضَبِ That you become malik, you become the owner 
of your nafs during a state of anger. So anger, um, this is this is uh, this is a sign of strength. A man once said, "O oh, Messenger of Allah, sallam, what is the fiercest thing in existence? What is the fiercest thing in existence?" The Prophet sallam, replied, "The wrath of Allah subhanahu wa taala." What is the most what is the fiercest thing in existence? The Prophet replied, The wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The man asked, What will keep me away from the wrath of Allah? The Prophet replied, That you do not become angry. If you want to be protected from the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we must be very careful with our own anger. And this is embedded in a in a in this principle in deen that we should deal with other people the way we would want Allah Ta'ala to deal with us. And this is going to be a recurring theme probably through the rest of Atikaf. If we want Allah Ta'ala to deal with us with mercy, then we have to deal with others with mercy. If we want Allah Ta'ala to deal with us with kindness and gentleness and, and not with anger and wrath, then we must deal with other people with kindness and gentleness and we must protect other people from wrath. If we want that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us on the day of judgment, then it behooves us to forgive other people in this world. The same way we would want Allah ta'ala to treat us, we should try to exhibit those qualities and characteristics in this world as well. And we'll, we'll uh, emphasize this point again later, but this is very important. I want you to keep this in mind right now. The principle of this is a hadith of the Prophet where he says that Ar-Rahimuna yarhamuhum ar-Rahman irhamu man fil ard yarhamkum man fil sama that show mercy toward those people that roam the earth that are part of the earth meaning other human beings or other people and what will happen as a consequence of it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show mercy to you so we'll come back to this principle I think later in this section another man came to oh, another man once said to Allah's messenger وسلم, suggest some practice to me but make it simple so the Prophet so suggest some practice to me, but make it simple. So the Prophet said, Do not become angry. The man asked again a number of times, and each time the Prophet repeated, Do not become angry. This is the simple advice the Prophet was giving this man repeatedly. How can the sickness, and this is Imam Ghazali is now saying, how can the sickness of anger not be grave when its outward manifestation entails violence, cursing, and insulting, while inwardly it entails hatred, envy, the harboring of ill will and profanity, the intention to expose another or spread his <coughs> secrets, joy at the suffering of the person with whom one is angry, and sadness when he is made happy. So Imam Ghazali is highlighting that, look, anger is manifested both outwardly and inwardly, and both of them are filthy. Look at the outward manifestations of anger. He says, violence cursing, insulting, none of these are permissible in deen, violence is not permissible cursing is not permissible uh, insulting another human being is completely impermissible whether that person believes in Allah or doesn't believe in Allah these things are absolutely impermissible in deen so he's saying how could anger be permissible when its outward manifestations are these, these actions that a person will be held accountable for on the day of judgment and then not only that, but inwardly it entails all of these characteristics in order for you to, if you're someone who has a lot of anger or uncontrolled anger, then inside you you're harboring envy, hatred, ill will. These are all characteristics of, of, of evil people. And so how could, that, how could it be permissible? And then he, uh, uh, so the, another principle that we learn from this is that 
Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, That you must remove from yourself uh, the outward sins. Right? So we know that. We know that we should, we should control our eyes, we should control our gaze, we should control our speech, our tongue, our interactions with people, etc. These are all, you know, these are all um, outward manifestations of, ithm, of, of wrong. Uh, but also those things that are hidden. Those things that are hidden within us, we're also going to be asked about those things. And then these are all the traits that we're covering. So it isn't just our outward manifestation, but what lies in our heart, that also we must, according to the the verse of the Qur'an, we must remove th- those ills from ourselves as well. So he says, each one of these characteristics is destructive by itself, suggesting that anger is a constellation of these things. Especially if anger is manifested, it's a constellation of all of these outward manifestations, ill number one, evil number two, evil number three, and then inward manifestations, evil number one, evil number two, evil number three. This whole constellation, in, in, independently, individually, these are all wrong. So certainly anger, which is a constellation of all these, is going to be destructive, is what he uses. Okay, then the next uh, subsection. Breaking anger and containing it when agitated. So, he says, you have to do two things to deal with anger. The first of them is breaking it by practice. By breaking it, I do not mean removing it, for its basis cannot be done away with, nor should it be. So what he's saying is that it, it, we, it, anger is not something that you eliminate from your life, but rather it has to be channeled in the proper direction. So, for instance, we look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ. It wasn't that he had absolutely no anger, but he had anger in the right circumstance, and it was very well controlled. So the things that should make us angry are the things that should make the Prophet ﷺ angry. So the things that made the Prophet ﷺ angry were when, were when a person transgressed against the, uh, the a person transgressed against against the instructions of Allah, or a person transgressed against another person, which basically is then transgressing against Allah. In those situations, if that's occurring, then a person should feel anger because because ultimately. And this is our goal in life. So you should have a sense of anger. That doesn't mean that you then manifest that by lashing out at someone else because they're doing something incorrect, <laughs> but rather that emotion you should experience. So it shouldn't be that you're completely passive such that nothing phases you whatsoever. And Imam Ghazali is saying, so you shouldn't actually do away with it. That's improper that you say that I shouldn't have any anger whatsoever, but rather it needs to be properly um, uh, managed and it needs to be under the right circumstances and, and how the Prophet would manifest it. Okay, so the second, now we're talking about how to break anger and containing it when it's agitated, is controlling anger whenever provoked by, sorry, the second is controlling anger whenever provoked by containing it. And this is facilitated by knowledge and practice. As for knowledge, it is for a person to know that there is no reason for his anger except his refusal to accept that things happen according to Allah's will not his own. I'm going to repeat this. This is a very powerful statement. He said, As for knowledge, it is for a person to know that it, there is no reason for his anger except his refusal to accept that things happen according to Allah's will, not his own. The reason that we become angry is because we will, we, we're not willing to accept Allah Ta'ala's will. And then he says, which is ignorant to the extreme. The extreme state of ignorance is that a person is refusing to accept that Allah uh, affect, accept Allah Ta'ala's will and this goes into this principle that uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is Fa'il Haqiqi, He is the true doer of this world, everything ultimately comes back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala every 
thing that occurs is by the permission of Allah Ta'ala, every single thing. And so the, a person achieves this state where they're able to recognize Allah Ta'ala being fa'al haqiqi through his remembrance, through dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, a person reaches that state. So what that means is that a person then recognizes that anything that I'm confronted with, any challenge that I'm faced with, any opposition, any struggle, this is, a, this is from Allah Ta'ala. Okay, so for instance, I get into an argument, or in, for instance, um, I'm presented with a challenge related to my spouse, right? Now, and, and then inside me, I want to boil up with anger because she said something incorrectly or he said something incorrectly uh, or that really got on my nerves. Now, I can take it as, I can think of it as two ways. One, I can think about it as this is their own doing and this is their challenge and I need to show them what's right and I'm going to give it to them. Or you can think about it as Allah Ta'ala is in charge. He presented me with this challenge and the test for me is to recognize that this is from Him and I need to then respond in the way that would be most pleasing to Him. There's a difference. But you would only be able to, you'd only be able to exhibit this if you truly understood that Allah Ta'ala was fa'al haqiqi, same thing with your children, right? So for instance, you have children and they're really getting on your nerves. They're pulling at you. They're not listening to you, etc., etc. One way is to, um, to completely attribute that to their own weakness or to their own evil and say that you know, they're wrong and I need to give it to them. This is totally their own doing. And that's fine. I mean, certain circumstances, maybe for their tarbiyah, you need to do it. The other way to interpret it is to say that Allah Ta'ala is fa'al haqiqi. This, has, this challenge has been presented to me as a test for me, as a test for me. And I'm going to respond appropriately, recognizing that this test is for me. Right? It's almost as if Allah Ta'ala places in this world and we're in this, this, you know, this video game. And you know, when you're in a video game and you're, you know, you're in like these adventure games and things are just coming at you one by one, nothing else is around you is actually real. You're the only thing that's actually real. You're having to identify how you're going to respond. There's no reality behind every other thing. So that's, that's this understanding of fa'al haqiqi. And Imam Ghazali is saying that ignorance to the extreme is that you don't accept that Allah Ta'ala is fa'al haqiqi. That you don't accept that Allah, everything is according to Allah Ta'ala's will. And uh, this is this is complete ignorance, um, and uh, he and he says that. Uh, so we so the first principle is that we have to understand this. It is also for a person to know that Allah Taala's anger is greater than his anger. Yet Allah's grace is even greater. How many times has he disobeyed him and broken his command? So why broken his commands? So why should he become angry when someone opposes him? Does he think that the conformity of his slave um, family member or associate to his command is more binding than his conformity to Allah's command. It is most certainly not. The, this is the principle he's highlighting is that look at, compare your relationship with other people and your relationship with Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our master, our creator, our Lord, and he has given us a particular set of commands that we must follow. Now, we can all say with some degree of certainty that we lack in our ability to worship Allah. <laughs> Right? We fail time and time again. So, um, if uh, despite this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attribute is such that anger is great, that, um, that uh, Allah's grace is even greater. So, if we think that we have the right to lash out at other people in rage and anger, it could be our friends, it could be our family members, it could be our parents, our children, our siblings, people at work, people at school. If we think we have the that, that we have a right over them and we should be able to lash out at them well nobody has more of a right no, no one has more of a right over us than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he ultimately has the most right and so he says um, 
does he think, meaning do we think that the responsibilities of our family members, the responsibilities of our children, the responsibilities of any associate that we interact with, do we think that that responsibility is more binding to us than the responsibility that we have to Allah Ta'ala's will? Because if we do, then yes, fine, go ahead and be angry. But if you recognize that the most, uh, that our conformity to Allah Ta'ala far outweighs anything else, then we should recognize that we are very weak when it comes to our relationship with Allah. We have no right to point fingers at other people for them not conforming to the rights that we have over them when we haven't been able to fulfill the rights of Allah. If there ever comes a day where we are 100% fulfilling the rights of Allah, then maybe this principle won't apply, but that day will never come. We will never properly be able to fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the principle he's highlighting. Um, as for knowledge, it is for a person to say, when in a state of, of anger, I seek refuge in Allah from shaitan, the accursed. This is from the hadith of Imam Bukhari, that immediately when we, uh, when we feel like we're, a state of anger is, is coming or we're gonna, it's going to overcome us, immediately we say, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim It's from hadith. For he knows the anger is from shaitan. We talked about this in the beginning. If it is not abated by that, so you say this and you still feel like, you still feel very angry. Then he sits down if he was standing, or lies down if he was sitting, as has been narrated in hadith. Uh, because changing one's position is effective in abating anger. So if you are, uh, if you are standing up and you're in a state of anger, before you then manifest that further, right, with profanity and violence and cursing, etc., immediately sit down. And if it doesn't abate it, then immediately lie down. Is what is what is being said here. And the reason this, that, and, and part of the reason, the reason is because this is from the Hadith of Prophet But if you understand it, what happens when a person falls into the state of anger and then it then, then progresses to a state of rage, um, you, you're in this sympathetic overdrive. So your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, you, um, you feel very warm, right? You feel very hot. And uh, this is sort of this fight or flight response. This is, this, this is the sympathetic drive that causes this response to happen and so one of the ways by which you blunt that response is that you change your position especially if you're standing that you sit down if you're sitting down and then you lie down this uh, this blunts that response so the prophet uh, and then he said if it is still not abated meaning you're lying down and still you still have anger then he should perform ablution will do you're applying cold water to your face to your body and again this is blunting that same response the prophet said verily anger is from shaitan and shaitan was created from fire Fire is put out by water, so if one of you get angry, he should perform ablution. We'll do. This is in Abu Dawood. Okay. Um, whoever senses anything of that within himself, meaning anger, this is another statement, he should put his cheek to the ground, put his head on the ground. This is an allusion to placing illusion, not illusion. The, this is an allusion to placing the dearest part of the body on the lowest place in order to break one's pride, for it is without doubt the foremost cause of anger. Pride. We talked about pride this morning. We're going to talk about it again later. The this thought that we are somehow better than some any anyone else. This thought that we're somehow better than anyone else. Imam Ghazali is saying this is the foremost cause of anger. If we felt that we were, uh, if we don't have this feeling. Uh, then it would be difficult for us to become angry. It's really because we have this sense of entitlement over someone else that we are driven toward anger. So Imam Ghazali is saying that, well, one of the solutions for pride 
is that you take your head and you stick it on the floor. And that's what sajda does, right? You're putting your head on the floor several times a day because you're basically telling yourself that, look, I'm a nova and I'm going to put my head on the floor and I'm going to, uh, sh- I'm going to put my head on the floor to the lowest possible place because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the, the highest. So uh, it's one of the ways by which a person controls pride. And so Imam Ghazali is saying that you would do this as well. Um, so that a person may realize that he is nothing more than a humble slave for whom pride is not fitting. We are to be humble. Uh, we Pride is not befitting us. And we'll talk about this, I think, later. Okay, and then the last part. He also, وسلم, said, whoever contains his fury despite having the ability to unleash it if he wanted, Allah Ta'ala will fill his heart with security and faith on the day of resurrection. Look, there's certain circumstances where we may think it's justified to exhibit that anger, right? Especially if we have... If we do have a little bit of authority over someone, so let's say that you know we've been entitled with the position at work, and we have employees that work for us, right? We te- I mean, technically, from the from the hierarchy of work, we do have we do have that right per se. But he's saying that look, you, despite you having the ability to unleash it if you wanted to, a parent to a child as well, uh, if you hold back, then Allah Taala will fill your heart with security and faith on the day of resurrection. Going back to that initial principle, that if we want Allah Taala to hold His wrath from us on the day of judgment, that we had better hold our wrath and our anger from other people in this world. If we are going to display that toward other people in this world, even if we have some sort of you know authority over them, then then be prepared because Allah Taala has more authority over us than anyone, and and He He can do as He wills on the day of judgment. Uh, also, there is no act of concealment more beloved to Allah than for a slave to contain his fury and swallow it down. Again, there is no act of concealment more beloved to Allah than for a slave to contain his fury and swallow it down. There is no slave that does so except that Allah Ta'ala fills his heart with faith. So this is the, the section on anger. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, uh, grant us the tawfiq to benefit from, from these words and from the words of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah Ta'ala give those of us that really struggle with this particular disease uh, the ability to control it and curtail it in the proper channel and direction. And may Allah Ta'ala protect us from any uh, evil, whether it be outward or inward. Wa akhirat da'wan alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.